Hello, creepers. What's that sound? Yeah, that's the sound of Chris Chavez with a sore throat. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of History Creeps. We've been gone for a little bit, but I am back with my partners in crime, Carter Johnson and Johnny Townsend. What's up, fellas? Hey. Hey, hey, important question real quick to get us get our juices flowing for the show. What's yeah. uh better better comedy, Friends or The Office? Office. Friends. Oh gosh. All right, I'm going to tell you this. One of you is right and it's Chris. <laughs> I don't dude, I never got into The Office. I don't like The Office. Absolutely. Well, I'll put absolutely, it this way. I absolutely like, hate Friends. Well, see, I like I'm, Friends too, but was, if you ask dude, me which okay, is better, I got into I like Friends when I was single and live and living, you know, on my own and shit yeah. in a big city with my friends. So like I could totally relate to what was now this was after the show had been on for a long long time and it yeah. was in reruns and stuff you know that i was catching it but that was how I, I wasn't watching it like oh there's a new episode on i gotta watch it it wasn't <laughs> like that no 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 i guess i had you. a friend i had a friend who loves and i assume she still does to this day loves friends as in she had the you know back when people actually bought the dvd sets of shows she had all of those and one time she forced me to watch, I think it was four or five episodes. I just had never watched them before. And I sat there and just watched one after the other and after the other. I never laughed one single time. I gave it a chance, a shot, and I was like, I don't understand. None of these people are likable. I don't get this. This is how I feel when I watch Big Bang Theory. Everyone I'm says bad. about oh, how yes. hilarious that is, and I just can't too. get into 100% it. percent with you on this, too. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I did like Friends. I, I do. I, I've watched. I've seen every episode. I like that series. I thought it was a good series. But if, you ask, if you're asking me which I think is like the funnier, the better comedy, I always liked The Office. I love that style of comedy much better than Friends, where Friends is more situational. Like yeah. The Office had a different feel. You know, They were kind of cutting ground with that whole reality feel to it you know what i mean i always hate i always hate a laugh track yeah uh, i forgive it in older in older older sitcoms right okay uh, well then what you're saying is that you, you can't really compare the two then because one no, is I like comparing them. no 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 what i'm saying is they're, yes. they're one is funny one is not they're two different styles of comedy like what you guys no. are saying one is a situational comedy friends and as i understand it the office is more of a character based the the comedy comes yeah. from the characters yeah. being the characters. I agree. Not so much the situations. That I'm comparing them, in. comparing them in a broad sense as just comedies in general, and that way you can compare which ones may actually make me laugh more. And The Office is by far the winner. And in this I, th I think the reason you guys don't like Big Bang Theory is because it plays on stereotypes. You know, negative, no, negative stereotypes that we've spent years trying to like live down, like the like Wallowitz. Oh, I live at home with my mom, and you know, I'm always I'm desperate to get laid all the time. So I agree with you on that. That's a very negative. That's my life stereotype right. about nerds. <laughs> now I, I like I like I like Big Bang Theory because I like the nerdy humor that's in it. And See, the here's, here's they get from the nerd humor, I like that stuff. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. What ruined me on Big Bang Theory, and we'll get to actual history creeps here in a second. <laughs> uh, what ruined me on Big Bang Theory is somebody sent me a link to some videos on YouTube in which they removed the laugh track from Big Bang Theory, and it's just them going through their jokes and stuff. And they were paying for me. I'm a comedy snob. Let me also put that out there. I love comedy. I'm very snobbish towards it. Like I love it. It's I'm hardcore into it, so if 
you know, I'm really picky with it. So let me just put that out there too. And comedy is very subjective and all that stuff. So know that as well. But uh, so they sent me this link and it was painfully, painfully cringeworthy and funny for me. See, the thing, the thing for me is, is I get the jokes. It's not like I don't get them. But the oh, character, like I don't, stupid. the characters, like I don't like the characters at all. Like there's nothing, t- and and I get the whole. What's the what's that? The most popular guy. What's his name? Leonard. Uh, oh, you mean name? Sheldon. 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 Yeah. Like everybody loves this dude, and when I see him, I'm just like, yeah, he's just ridiculously annoying to be honest with you and i get what he's trying to portray i get what he's trying to portray but i don't i don't know see that's the whole there's not a character on there that i i feel like i would want to hang out with i guess and so i have have to like a care at least one character on a show for me to like the show yeah and i get the comedy and and you know but i again i'm i've seen it i've tried to give it a chance and i never i found myself not laughing at all and it wasn't like i was i was watching it going you know I dare you to make me laugh. I, I literally wanted to check it out and see, you know, why everyone liked it so much. I was like, I'm going to check this out. It sounds like it's right up my alley. It's a lot of nerd, you know, geek culture stuff. Yeah, it just it did nothing for me at all. And then I've seen... Yeah, and, they, and they have a lot of great guests on there that I love. Stan Lee's been on there. Uh, Leonard Nimoy was on there. Yeah. yeah. So they have all these great guests. I, I know this because my parents love that show. And LeVar uh, Burton's been on there once yeah, see, and I love nice. Yeah, I love LeVar Burton. Reading so Rainbow. Great awesome people on there. Uh, but, uh, but well, you know, honestly, let's be fair. What do I know? I've seen every episode more than once of Dawson's Creek. So <laughs> now that's okay. a sta- that no, right no, no, there no, no, is no, no, scary. No. I have two and I own the entire series on DVD and I'm not ashamed to say it out loud. Listen I caught a rash that. of shit about this for years and years and years. Why not for you me? Know what? <laughs> Team Pacey right here. Hashtag. Listen to that. Creepers. Oh, now, now, okay. Now we're going to fight. All of a sudden the creepers, <laughs> now, we're gonna fight. now creepers are getting the, the, uh, the behind the scenes, the real life Carter and Johnny here. Yeah. Uh, but this is history creeps guys. So, uh, we're going to put the Dawson's Creek chat on hold and move on to some of the weirder, <laughs> creepier side of this world. That's, that's going to be a podcast in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. we're, Chris, we're going to call you up and be like, Hey, do you want to? And you're going to be like, no, are you guys? No. What's no. <laughs> Only if you can open every episode the way Johnny and Trevor do with Retro Bliss with some sort of like improv sketch comedy thing, and it's the characters of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm, I meant to mention this to you guys. I read an article recently about edible dice you can use for Dungeons and Dragons. So there that. you go, Johnny. There's a perfect skit for you right there. I want this. <laughs> what do they taste like? Apparently, you can make it with Jello. Yeah, there's huh. molds. I am on board for this idea. So, uh, Somebody's a genius out there. Exactly. All right, guys. So, uh, Creepers, welcome back to another episode of History Creeps. It has been a while. We've got uh, we've had some things coming up in in the world with the weather, with uh, personal lives, with uh, professional lives, with people getting sick and under the weather. Um, man, I've been down. I was I got sick what last Thursday, and it still hasn't gone yeah. away. It's still in my chest. It's still in my throat. It's still in my head. But I was just like, dude, we cannot miss another week. We got to give them something. Um, before we move on, though, I just wanted to throw this out there. If you are a patron of our History Creeps Patreon, please head over to the Patreon page and check out. There's a message, a very important message there for you guys. So as soon as you see that message, please respond and uh, we'll be moving forward from there. That's That was my only little quick message for Patreon. Um, what else is new, guys? Aside from from Dawson's Creek f- f- fandom and uh, 
<laughs> and and the hate of friends. I'm, Look, I'm assuming all I'm saying Johnny, is I'm assuming this, Jackson can do no wrong. I'm assuming Johnny that this, no, this hate of friends. No, she belongs with Dawson. You're wrong. All right, guys, I'm gonna put you guys in your corner. No more Dawson's Creek talk. He was a mighty duck for crying out loud. I swear to God. I swear to God. I uh, can't argue with that. <laughs> all right, let's move on to current creeps, guys. Come on, let's do this show. Let's up. do it. Uh, current creeps. All right. Current creep. Who wants to go? Because uh, I kind of want to save save Johnny's for like the I was last say, one. I don't have that one. That shit so. is all crazy. Right. Well, I don't have. Yeah, one, I'll go last. So. Go ahead, Carter. Okay, I'll go. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, so you guys know that I like to cruise the Mufon site for uh, cool UFO sightings, and so I got a cool one here uh, for us. Uh, military veteran describes circle-shaped UFO. This was on the 26th of November. I'm just going to read the article here. An Arizona witness at Buckeye reported watching a circle-shaped object moving under 1,000 feet at high velocity that made no noise, according to testimony from the Mutual UFO Network Witness Reporting Database. The incident occurred when the reporting witness and his wife were setting up a telescope in a local park on a full moon at 11.15 p.m. on June 28, 2018. So I guess it was reported later on after it happened, way after it happened. Before the telescope was fully set up, a vertically aligned donut-ringed object with yellow-orange light surface appeared below the moon traveling from southeast to northwest at extremely high velocity and low altitude, roughly 5,000 to 1,000 feet, the witness stated. The object made absolutely no sound, but at closest approach was within one mile of our vantage point. The witness is a United States Air Force veteran and special operations intelligence analyst who previously held a top-secret clearance. That's the end of the article. That, that's wild. Isn't it not... If you think about it, the age we live in now... Uh, all these military people are being way more open about UFOs than they ever were before. Dude, I'm waiting for us to get something just super 100% definitive because like you're saying, in the age we're living now, you would expect somebody to have caught it with their cell phone camera by now, like something legit, not like a, a shaky little dot that you know jerks around the screen because the guy can't hold his camera straight. I mean, we've gotten those those recent military <laughs> camera ones. Yeah. I love Craig because a guy can't hold his camera straight. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> or they or they know it's the landscape, but they hold it, you know, long ways. Come on, people. Right? God, I hate that. <laughs> That's a big pet peeve of mine. Turn your phone. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that tough, but yeah, that's that is interesting, dude. Um, I don't know. I'm I like I've always said. I always believe that they're out there. I think that we're a little arrogant to think that we're the only intelligent beings in this this crazy galaxy. One hundred percent. Yeah. And I also really feel like every year that goes by is is a, a year closer and closer to us. You know, something happening that we're actually going to finally witness it. I'm just hoping it's going to be in my lifetime. Be awesome. But also, aren't we a little arrogant to think that we're worth other? Uh, world's visiting hours <laughs> yeah i would say so yeah yeah i would agree with that <laughs> but yeah, i, I bring, you, I bring up you, that I'm one in particular because it's you know when we talk about witness credibility here's yeah. an air force veteran here's another guy that knows what stuff looks like he knows that you know an airplane that can do something like that is probably going to look still like an air in the shape of an airplane not right. a disc shape or what did he call it a donut shape 
Yeah, and he's also got he's got the um, you know he he's got the experience to be able to judge things like speed and how high he thinks it is. Um, yeah, you know, and, at least and as the accurate actual size as of the craft yeah. and all that stuff. That's pretty sweet, dude. Yeah, that was that's that's a good one. Bring him on, call Mulder and Scully. Right? Oh, yeah, we need him on the case for sure. Well, I think it'll we'll just get... be it'll just be Mulder because she's retiring after that after oh, this that's right. season. I think, yeah. But we all agree that X Files was a great show, right? Wait a second, they're still going. Like, there's still another season going. I don't. I, it may have been whatever this past season was that they did, and she's and she's done after that. Oh, man. But she basically said, like, this is the last time I'm going to do this. I'm and it was like, check it out. no, man, make another movie. Make a good movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. We all agree that X Files rules. Uh, until Mulder left. Yes, X Files ruled. Yes. Yes, 100%. I still give those. This is way more TV episode than anything else, but I still give those, uh, uh, those Doggett ones a pass just because, you know, it's, it's a Robert team Patrick. Yeah. It's Robert Patrick. Yeah. yeah. So I give him a pass, but oh, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, uh, I got one for you. Here's my current creep. Uh, this is from the New York Times, but it was all over the place when it broke. Uh, Samuel Little, 78, has confessed to more than 90 murders, investigators say, stretching back almost half a century. Uh, nearly every day for weeks, a white-haired man in a wheelchair, his body ravaged by diabetes and heart disease. He's not in the best health, obviously. Uh, he's already in jail for three other murders. Uh, he's been interviewed. Day by day, the authorities say he has recounted details of long-ago murders, faces, places, layouts of small towns. He has described how he picked up vulnerable women from bars, nightclubs, and along streets and strangled them to death in the backseat of his car. Uh, he is already serving three life sentences for the murders of three L.A. women during the 1980s, but the authorities suspect him of killing women in at least 14 other states. Investigators say they have established Mr. Little's ties to about 30 of the murders so far. So as of right now, they can pretty much confirm uh, close to 30 murders. Yeah. Um, by the time we are, this is a quote, uh, by the time we are done, we anticipate that Samuel Little will be confirmed as one of the most prophilic uh, serial killers in American history. Uh, Gary Ridgway, the Green River killer, uh, killer was convicted yeah. of 49 murders in the 80s and 90s and is the highest number of murder convictions for an American serial killer. So this guy would double that. That's uh, insane. That is insane. Yeah. I was looking at this guy's Wikipedia. Listen to this guy's biography. It's super short. So he was born June 7th, 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia, possibly during one of his mother's prison stints. So he, the, the possibility that he was actually born in prison. Little has claimed his mother was a lady of the night. Soon after his birth, he moved to Ohio, grew up uh, in Lorraine, and was brought up mainly by his grandmother. He attended uh, Hawthorne Junior High School, where he had problems with discipline and achievement. In 1956, while still in high school, he was arrested for the first time and convicted for breaking and entering into a property. Uh, he was held in an institution for juvenile offenders. In the late 60s, he moved to Florida, where he lived with his mother. He worked as an ambulance attendant and a cemetery worker. And having a strong physique, he took up boxing during prison and considered himself a prize fighter at one time. Um, it says here, by 1975, he had been arrested 26 times in 11 states for crimes including theft, assault, attempted rape, fraud, and attacks on government officials. Spent much of his time with prostitutes and pimps. 1982, he was arrested in Mississippi and charged with the murder of a 22-year-old prostitute. 
uh, who had gone missing in September. So yeah, this guy, I mean, it seems like even from, from the day he was born, it was like his life was meant to be this kind of life. Well, on top of that, he'd actually been arrested many, many, many times before for oh, yeah. uh, uh, robberies and, yep. and and rapes and kidnappings and stuff. And he yeah. always would get out, uh, which would, of course, allow him to go and, and take somebody's life again over and over again. So this guy's a real piece of work. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. But it's just it's just wild that like he was able to get around for that long to do that much. To, to hurt so many families and oh, people. Yeah, there. Uh, yeah, you're right, dude. This guy really has the potential to be that monster, the one that everyone always. We always have, you know. That's what we always talked about fearing is that, like, yeah, you could put on masks and chase some people with with chainsaws or you know razored fingers, but in reality, it's these guys that like they don't care. They're just gonna do yeah, what listen, they want. Yeah, that that that's a good lead up to this. this is the last part of this article I'll read. The authorities say Mr. Little displays no sign of remorse while discussing the killings. He is exacting with certain details, they say, including where he left the women's bodies years ago, a dumpster near a hog pit under a pecan tree. The investigators say he is matter of fact about his actions and sometimes even chuckles about them. Man, that's crazy. That's yep. see, that's what I that's why I wanted Johnny to go last, because that's terrifying. And the reason that he's even confessing apparently is he's wanting to get uh, moved from one jail to another jail, I think. Yeah. I read it in another article somewhere. But yeah, so uh we might have the most uh the highest body count going on right there in America. Uh, that's it's what a monster. Apparently he just started confessing to all these different other murders. Yes. Like November 9th was one of them. November 13th, November 15th, November 20th, yep. 19th, 20th. Like he's just, you know, so then, then, then you start to wonder though, like how much of this has been confirmed? You know what I mean? They confirmed uh, close to 30 as of right now. Oh my God. Jesus. Yeah. So, so his track record is kind of saying that if he did it, then he's probably telling the truth. Yep. Well, wow. any any serial killer, a lot of these serial killer cases, it's tough to uh, figure out which ones they really did and which ones are lying about. Uh, some of them like to add to their numbers uh, more than they actually did, and honestly, most a lot of your serial killers are just are flat out liars on top of everything else too. Um, but yeah, so who uh, you say you're saying when I say when I say confirmed, I think they they officially linked him yeah. to thirty murders. And so. You were saying in the United States, the highest one before this is the uh, Green River Killer, right at forty nine. Right. Correct. On Wikipedia, they say that the the most the highest body count that have, have been proven attributed to a serial killer is a serial killer out of Colombia, out of South America. One hundred and thirty eight people he killed. He killed children. Yeah. Tortured them, raped them, didn't matter. All boys between eight and sixteen years old over seven years. Jesus. Holy God. But the thing is, is he's suspected of killing over three hundred. Like, how do you how, I just don't get that, dude. You know what I mean? Like well, it's good that we don't. <laughs> oh man. You know? Yeah, that's true. If we understood it, then we probably need some help ourselves. Oh my god. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. There's some current creeps for you guys. Uh, I don't think Chris is going to sleep too well tonight. <laughs> that was. That's just a, for me. I have always said it, man. That that's that to me. That is the scariest version. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what's scarier than any of these fictional characters we see in films. Yeah, those are fun for those jump scares. You know, because it's kind of fun being scared that way. But 
in reality. Yeah, it's like, a safe environment. You thing, know nothing's going to happen to you. Exactly. You the know? thing that can keep you up at night is to think that this guy did those kinds of things. And then when you start to think like, like what really stops somebody, some maniac just randomly, you know, per chance happened to be at my house. He kicks my door in and, and proceeds to come in and eviscerate my family. You know what I mean? Well, on that note, uh, I want to drop a quick movie recommendation for <laughs> our listeners and for you guys, because I think both of you guys, and even you, Johnny, would be able to watch this movie. I literally talk about <laughs> kicking a door and eviscerating a family. Johnny, you might want to see this film. <laughs> Johnny, you might want to see this movie. Um, it's called it's called Summer of 84. Uh, it's on Shudder right now. I don't know if you guys have Shudder. Chris, you might have Shudder. I had it. I don't have it anymore, and I know Johnny doesn't. Yeah, I don't, even, right. I don't even know what it is. It's <laughs> like a horror. It's like a horror subscription channel. It's like five bucks a month. It's like Netflix, but it's all horror. It sounds movies like and it stuff. sounds like what I, it sounds like my body's reaction anytime Celine Dion comes on. <laughs> I I have that same reaction, so I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, so this movie, Summer of '84, it's about this kid and his friends in the summer of '84, and they live in this neighborhood in the suburbs, and they start to suspect that the cop that lives on their street is the serial killer that they're reading about in the newspaper. Ooh. It has a real heavy, like Goonies vibe. Okay. I do Um, like, I do like Goonies. What's the, for, for Johnny's sake, what's the gore factor? Yes. Oh, very little. How about, um, actual, like where you see people mutilating each other or viciously attacking each other? Is it worse than Supernatural, or uh, is it like Supernatural? I can handle Supernatural levels. Yeah, well. it's more like Supernatural. Okay. All right. It's not anything really bad. Well, I got a quick movie recommendation, too. Uh, it's currently on TV all the time. You can probably find it since it's the holidays, and that's, of course, when uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> uh, please follow the adventures of Jim Varney. He's Ernest as he and... Santa Claus, yes, the Santa Claus, you heard me right, the real Santa Claus, not that imposter Santa Claus from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that user of a Santa Claus that he was, Uh, this is the real Santa Claus, and uh, he's got to pass the job on to the next Santa Claus, or else uh, Christmas will cease to exist as we hope and know it. Don't forget, with the help of the hardened street scoundrel who has a heart of gold. Yes, who, of course, <laughs> makes mistakes along the way, but learns from them. As always. Uh, yes, a holiday classic. I uh, cannot recommend it enough. The gore factor on it is none. None. Uh, I give it 15 stars out of four. <laughs> 15 stars. Out of four. Well, you know, for me, it's not Christmas unless Hans Gruber falls off the 32nd floor of Nakatomi Towers. But this, We're not going <laughs> into that. That's going to get Johnny going. We're not getting into that one. I'll let it slide. Yeah. Already, we already argued about Dawson's <laughs> Creek. I'll let that one go. <laughs> anyway, all right, guys. So uh, to keep in, in, in line with the theme of Christmas, uh, the, the holidays, we are in the month of December. We decided we were going to kind of do we do usually we do urban legends and things like that. And I think last year we talked about Krampus and some other like weird little uh, holiday traditions. Uh, this th- for this episode, we thought maybe we could look at some weird uh, holiday figures, myths from around the world and history. Uh, and so I found three of them that I picked out three that I thought were kind of some of the creepiest. And I was going to go through these and, and see what you guys thought of them. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the first one is called 
I, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. It's Gryla, G-R-Y-L-A, Gryla. Gryla is a mythical giantess living in the mountains of Iceland. So the deal with her, she wasn't actually directly, directly linked to Christmas until the 17th century. Um, and by that time, she had become the mother of the Yule Lads. The Yule Lads is another mythical group of like uh, prankster type of Icelandic folklore that uh, that are, are, are like kind of like gnomes or something that come and mess with you during Christmas time. Well, by this time, she's been considered their mother, um, except she does not sound friendly whatsoever. So the deal with the Gryla is that she has the ability to detect children who are misbehaving year round. During Christmas time, she comes from the mountains to search the nearby towns for her meal. She leaves her cave and hunts for those children. She devours the children as her favorite snacks. It says, it says here that her favorite dish is a stew of naughty ch- children for which she has an insatiable appetite. And according to legend, there's never a shortage of naughty children for the Gryla. That so, picture... That picture in that one article you sent us is terrifying. That one's yeah, freaking no, terrifying. No, 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 no. If you go to Wikipedia, you should see the, dra- the drawing. There's a, a a rendering of this this woman, and that is you know creepy it, itself. You know what this? When you said troll in Iceland, have you guys ever seen that movie Troll Hunter? I was just gonna no. mention that, dude. Oh, it's fantastic! Please I go love watch that it. movie, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. So but yeah, kind of <laughs> I love that movie. Oh God, when yeah. it comes tearing through the forest, God, I yeah. love that movie. Chris, I think you would love it. Honestly, Chris, it's, you would like it. It's set up in a world in which trolls are real, and they're humongous, and on, and there's different types of them, and on, and it's done like a as a uh, found footage type film. Really? Uh, yes, yes, it's very, very good. I highly, highly this guy it. hunts trolls. I'm gonna have to yes. check where, it out. Where are they, Johnny? Is is it Norway? It's Norway, isn't it? It might be Nor. It's one of those countries. It's yeah. Norway or Iceland. One of those. How did we get on trolls? Did I say troll? Yeah, she's a, a gorilla. Whatever is a giantess slash troll. Oh, oh. On, see, on the thing I was reading, it just said she's a giantess. I didn't see the thing about the troll. Um, yeah, though this this woman is super creepy. So now I was gonna say to you guys, man, that so, sounds worse than Krampus, man. Making was, stew out of naughty kids. Yeah, that's awful. I was <laughs> gonna so say, like, this seems to be the theme in in Christmas a lot of times, and trying to keep children in line is to scare them with not yeah. only like a mythical figure that's watching them year round, but like at least on the the older side, like the mo- the the older traditional, you know. Uh, stories and folklore it's a lot of times it's like these things that are going to eat you or kill you or or like yes. you know what i mean yeah, Santa Claus just you. brings you coal he doesn't like, eat you what's the deal with shelf uh the, the elf on a shelf now because I, I know he deal? watches kids right like that's the deal is he's watching you all the way up to christmas time yeah, yeah and let's and let's talk about that for a second do you know what the, okay, do you, when we, do you when do we were kids if little dolls came to life they killed you <laughs> okay like that's Anyway, but yeah, but that's my point. Like this is this no, your is, point is valid. Your the, point is very valid. The tradition it continues, with, and it's not as as scary as wanting to kill or eat you. But this elf on the yeah, shelf—that's yeah. the idea behind it, right? Like, are you guys doing yeah. this, uh, Carter, with your with with Leia? Oh God, no! <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, no, no hell no. It's uh, I, I'm already I, like, dude. I was already on the fence about doing Santa Claus. Like when she was born, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this because it's like. It's like the society is telling me it's okay to lie to my kid and like I don't think it's okay to lie to my kid cuz this is bullshit and she's going to grow up and figure out that it's bullshit and what's the what's the worst lie you've ever told somebody told a kid Like I I have 
I have a little cousin, and she well, she's not. I mean, she's an adult now, but uh, she was kind of raised with me. She kind of was. She might as well be my sister. And uh, she had this issue when she was really young that she just wouldn't eat. Right? She just wouldn't eat anything. And we were at McDonald's once, and a truck, a McDonald's truck, just happened to show up. And she asked me what that was because she could. I don't even think she could read yet. And I explained to her that if she didn't eat, that's the truck that came by to take all the children away who wouldn't <laughs> eat their food. <laughs> that's pretty funny, dude. See, so she was see, terrified. So she was terrified until they ate her burger for once. <laughs> see, I didn't have siblings, so like I didn't have any, you know. Like it was never like, oh well, if you're bad, mom's gonna give me your presents and you know at Christmas time instead of you getting them. Yeah, I see that's bad enough. But like we're talking about these stories of Chris saying is like if you're bad, this creature's gonna come and literally make you into soup. <laughs> that's horrendous. Yeah. No, thanks. that's awful, dude. Oh uh, yeah. So you thought that was it? Um, let me introduce you to. Have you guys heard of the Birchta? No. no. Frau Bertha, or in English, it's pronounced just Bertha. Uh, she was considered like this alpine pagan goddess um, who. So here's the thing. Uh, she was kind of like an upholder of cultural taboos. Taboos. Like, apparently, this was actually a thing way back in the day. You were prohibited to spin on holidays. Now, now, say it again. Spin, like spinning on holidays. Now, here, when I say that, the first thing you're going to think is so people can't twirl. Yeah, that's not the case. Spinning, as in like um, uh, fabrics. You know what I mean? Textiles, creating, creating. You, like you weren't allowed to use okay. those spinster machines and stuff. Like you weren't allowed to use those during the holidays. So, in Bavarian folklore, uh, she is said to roam the countryside around midwinter. And enter homes during the 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany, especially on the 12th night. She would know whether the children and young servants of the household had behaved well and worked hard all year. If they had, they might find a small silver coin the next day in a shoe or a a pail. If they had not, she would slit their bellies open, remove their stomachs and guts, and stuff the hole with straw and pebbles. She was particularly concerned to see that girls had spun the whole of their allotted portion of flax or wool during the year. She would also slit people's bellies open and stuff them with straw if they ate something on the night of her feast, other than the traditional meal of fish and gruel. So... Gruel. What a terrible word for food. Here's the thing. Would you rather she be... Bo- th- th- this this uh, figure, this holiday figure, be boiling children and eating them, or visiting you, slitting your stomach, pulling out everything, and filling it with straw and pebbles. Oh, no, but that, see, now this one goes even further. This one extends into the household, quote-unquote, household servants. So now we're, like, telling our house slaves, If you don't you know, work oh, hard. Oh, work hard, work hard all year. <laughs> you know, you'll get this little silver coin, work hard all year. Or else Come we're going to slit man. your belly. Yeah, and do you think like the the do you think the masters to like uh you know kind of prove a point and, and set the standard did it to one of their servants you know what I mean see he didn't work hard all year that's why his stomach's full of straw and pebbles even though I did it that's a horrifying or, day or they paid somebody two silver coins and had them like just cough up some straw good lord have them swallow some straw and cough it back up this is yeah, I think this who's is who's using a power drill. 
That's my dad. I don't know what he's doing. He knows I'm recording. He knows I'm recording. It's all good. It's all. He decided. He decided now, even though he knows I'm doing this. To I don't know. I guess (laughs) it's all good. He's putting something together over there. Um, So yeah, so so we move from a woman that boils children to one that now slits the bellies, and like like you said, Carter, not only just children now, we're going to the hired help as well. Yeah, like, and if you think about it, not just the hired help. If you didn't eat the traditional feast, she's going to do the same thing to you as well. So no one's safe. No one is safe from this Bertha. Well, on the bright side, though, if you just have on the bright side, if, after you've had this straw implanted where your organs were, uh, it's probably easy to to keep up with that. Like you, you know, you're not going to have a bad kidney. You could just <laughs> put in more straw. Right. Good no? lord. It's not so bad. And heck, uh, that one guy was famous. All he needed was a brain, right? Yeah. See? It's not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Scarecrow is pretty cool. Uh, We're going to move on here to the last piece of holiday creepy, whatever you want to call this. Uh, So this one is actually considered the pet of the giantess Gryla and her sons, the Yule Lad. This is the... Oh, oh, there's a pet. Yes. Okay. Uh, Yay. Right. I'm sure this is like the sweetest animal we've ever heard of. This is like the sleigh and the reindeer. (laughs) I bet bet if we saw this creature, we could pet it, and it would be really lovable, and uh, we would just like... This is why Nick Fury lost his eye. It's not (laughs) the cat in the trailer. This is why Nick Fury lost the eye. Here you go. The Yule Cat. The Yule Cat (laughs) is a monster... Uh, from said Icelandic folklore, a huge and vicious cat said to lurk about <laughs> the snowy countryside during Christmas time, eating people who have not received any new clothes to wear for Christmas Eve. What a bully. What the hell is that their fault? <laughs> what a bully. This cat is a bully. The threat, out there now. <laughs> the threat of being eaten by a Yule cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. The ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes, but those who did not would get nothing and thus would be preyed upon by a monstrous cat. The cat has alternately been interpreted as merely eating away the food of the ones without new clothes, but I kind of like the man-eating beast better. Really? Yeah, might as well go all out. Now, like, that is kind of, like, you're right. What the heck, dude? So... Who comes like? I know what we'll so, like, do. We'll say it's a cat. Why is it But I gotta give like my family and friends new clothes that I care about, so they don't get eaten. So it's like if you're the <laughs> one guy that doesn't get any clothes, like you know everybody hates you. And why? Is, my <laughs> thing is, is why is it the cat? Honestly, why a cat? Wouldn't you think of a, a more scary creature than a cat? Yeah, when I think of a cat stalking the countryside, I think of my cat trying to catch a fly in the living room. Like that, it's not scary. Yeah, but if you think of a giant, ferocious cat hunting you down, I think, I think I a battle cat. Cats I think can, of a giant, ferocious cat. Cats can be scary. Have you seen Sabrina the Teenage Witch? So when you're when you're thinking giant cat now, think giant cat in terms of like the size of a tree. Yeah, this thing's huge. Yeah, not not it's like, like battle. It's like cat. three or four lions. Yes. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. Monstrous. That's terrifying. Yeah, I would yeah, not want to see this. Basically, you're getting swallowed whole. Apparently, there's a uh, a short cartoon about the Yule Cat that was created by a, a guy by the name of Justin East, and with music by a gentleman you guys might know him by the name of Danny Elfman. 
That's Land Maduna. So now I gotta look this up. If I can find this this cartoon on YouTube, I'm gonna put it on the Facebook page. Do it, do it. Heck yeah. So yeah, those are three really weird, uh, creepy myths that are tied to the holiday season. This is a little bit of a shorter episode because as I said, uh I'm getting over being sick. I know Johnny, you were fighting with some soreness in your throat. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a knuckle wood, I'm doing better now. That's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, so we wanted to make sure that you creepers got an episode this week. Um, we're kicking off the holiday season with, with some, some holiday creepy stuff there. And I think maybe we'll try to keep that theme going the rest of the, the month. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to, to say to the, to the creepers before we head out of here? Uh, the only thing left that I have to say, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart and soul, uh, hashtag Team Pacey. <laughs> I'm not biting the bait. I was going to say, I think, <laughs> I think Carter, Carter just hung up. He was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not even going to talk. Bye. <laughs> I'm just not even, I'm not even going to bite the bait. He was you. a mighty duck. He uh, made sweet, passionate love to his own teacher. So creepers. Uh, so many great things that they got to bang Meredith Salinger. Are you kidding me? Did you miss the episode where he spent the night with the film critic? Thanks so What's much for following us for another yeah. week, guys. And as uh, yeah. as these guys Pacey's argue the greatest, in we, the background, uh, I mean, how awesome is Pacey? And after that, we he, appreciate uh, all of you. You got the time travel, as uh, as always, and uh, he's the greatest uh, and really good at hockey. Did I mention that for Johnny Townsend, uh, Mighty Duck for Carter hey, Johnson, Duck. and two. This is Chris Chavez. He's a Mighty Duck, as so. always. Stay creepy, Team Dawson. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,